Okay, hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Swing Second Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me is Chris Cervella from the great class of 99. As we record this, it is November 9th. It is getting late in the year. I cannot believe it, Chris Cervello, that the uh, the leaves are changing here in Annapolis. The temperature is dipping into the 40s and 30s, and it is Veterans Classic Weekend. In fact, I just came from Farragut Field. Uh, where a couple of SH-60s just landed on the field there for the Veterans Classic teams and tour around today. Two of the pilots actually were grads, uh, both from the class of 19, which sort of made me feel old. <laughs> and um, and yeah, we, we spent some time out there. But, uh, but Chris, it's an exciting weekend here at the Naval Academy. Football is uh, playing against UAB. Um, it's Veterans Day. It's Veterans Classic for basketball. And then for us here at the Alumni Association and Foundation, it's our Honor the Fallen Heroes weekend, uh, which is always a very special weekend for us to, to honor those graduates who have fallen either in training or in battle. Um, so, yeah, we've got a busy week going, going on here. Um, what has been going on in your world? Well, also, I'll add uh, happy birthday to uh, the Marine Corps um, as their birthday uh, is uh, is tomorrow. So, yeah, all, all sorts of things going on, uh, you know, Navy, Marine Corps and Naval Academy Alumni and Foundation Association wide. Um, you know, John, I'm still a little sour about the loss to the fighting Colin Schofields up at Temple. Um, we talked last week. I mean, again, this isn't a, a sports podcast anymore, but. You know, I, I think morale sort of tracks with the the wins and losses of the football team um, and to some degree the basketball team. And, you know, we'll talk about that later in the pod, but a uh, little bit of a hangover still from from that loss. Um, disappointing. That was one that got away. And I, I think one that probably turns the season a bit for us. I mean, ho- hopefully we win this weekend, but um uh, if we don't make it to a bowl, um, I think that we're going to look back at that Temple game and say, wow, the the Temple and Memphis games are the two that are probably the most disappointing at this point. So um, I, I've been thinking a lot uh, about that throughout the week. Yeah, a lost opportunity there. And and we had a special time up there. I know that um, if you've been following our social media, I was able to to swing back up to the to the mecca of the main line at Villanova University, and it was great to visit with Matt Aaron. If you listened to last week's podcast, the the experience of Fall Fest at Villanova University was just so special, the largest student-run Special Olympics event in the world, and run by the president and CEO of Special Olympics of Pennsylvania, 1988 grad Matt Aaron. Uh, Jeff Webb and I were able to walk around campus again immediately as you step foot on the Villanova campus. Everyone feels smarter. That's just science. But it was it was so nice to to visit with the athletes, help hand out some medals, just see the pure joy on the athletes faces. And Chris, for me, you know, I, I, I was thrown back to our sing second sports days and that hearing all the athletes, hearing all of the Special Olympians, parents, hearing Matt Aaron, everyone was saying that. There is such merit to the challenge that is applied, the challenge that is met by these athletes when they have been told their entire life that they can't do things, that, you know, you're different, that you shouldn't be doing this. And and here's the Special Olympics of Pennsylvania just making those 
opportunities available. For me, the 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 symbolism there was was frank in that it it mirrors the you know what we teach at the Naval Academy so much: the idea of service, the idea of of getting your teammates better and giving them the tools they need, you know, for for professional development, but really for happiness, right? And that's what that's what Friday up in Philadelphia was all about: was the happiness of the athletes. Uh, really happy with. Um, that night, the chapter put on a great Founders Day dinner. Jeff Webb, the CEO here, uh, received an award from the Travis Manion Foundation. And then the Travis Manion Foundation put on a great uh, tailgate on, on Saturday at the game. And unfortunately, as I was sitting there watching Colin Schofield drink Angry Orchards and, and you know, high noons, uh, we looked down at our phones and all of a sudden we were down 17 nothing to Temple. And, you know, I, I, I hear you on that. It was... It was a tough start. There have been tough starts all year. And and really, as UAB comes calling, you know, UAB is not an easy opponent. It's an easier opponent than what we've had, but certainly not easier than Temple, right, Chris? I, I don't know at this point, John. I mean, my uh, my uh, faux uh, motivation is just about tapped. Um, right now, I, I think our biggest uh, opponent is ourselves as we sort of fight for consistency. Um, I, I have said it before. I would love to see a game, whether it's against UAB or ECU or SMU or Army. I, I would love to see us play um, a full game, uh, all facets of uh, of the game. And what I mean by that is I'd love to see the offense give their best, the defense give their best, and special teams. We've yet to see all three uh, aspects show up. Um, so, you know, if, if that happens, I think we beat UAB easily. If it doesn't happen, I, I think it's more of a challenge than, uh, than we thought. Yeah. UAB, just to update everyone in case you haven't heard is a three thirty start. Uh, the very last home game next and last home game is November 18th. That is a noon start against ECU. Ugh, we all know how, uh, Chris Cervello and I feel about noon starts. Uh, we feel just as excited about those as we feel about Thanksgiving trips to Texas to either play Houston or SMU, something else we get to do this year, but I digress. We mentioned Temple, Chris, and it is the 10th year of the Veterans Classic, which is amazing. And we have a great interview today, um, not only with Coach Ed Chalice to talk about his experience with the Veterans Classic, he's the one who brought this amazing event here, which allows us to contextualize the importance of the Naval Academy to outside schools, to other players, to civilians. Um, it's really going to be a special weekend. And Ed talked about that along with the chairman of our athletic and scholarship programs, Admiral Bill Moran, a little bit of a basketball player himself. Um, they talk a lot about the importance of this event. But yeah, you know, we just got our tails kicked by Temple and football. And now Temple comes a calling uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, in basketball. Now, the basketball team started their season uh, on Monday against Campbell and ended up with a loss. But as Ed DeCellis tells us, there are going to be about, you know, a, a bunch of games where there are guys playing who you don't recognize. 11 new freshmen. Uh, we'll let him expound upon that. But what are your kind of memories here, Chris, of, you know, from day one when Tom Izzo was being driven around in my Honda Accord with like Cheerios on the backseat? because my kids were still toddlers, um, to where we are today. How do you feel the Veterans Classic has helped us and the Naval Academy brand you know, build understanding about the importance of the mission? Well, I think it's very important. And you'll, you know, as you alluded to, you, you'll hear the coach talk about it. I mean, anything that we can do um, as Naval Academy grads, as uh, Navy 
retirees to help explain what it's like to serve, what it's like to go to the Naval Academy um, to those that don't really have an insight into that, um, you know, that service and that sacrifice, I think is very important. And this is just another great example of that. Um, we've been lucky. I think we've seen really good basketball over the the 10 years. Um, but to me, having been there just a few times, I mean, you, you've kind of been with it, as you said, from the very beginning, it's so amazing to see the looks of surprise and um, enlightenment on the eyes of the other college athletes from the, you know, the three schools that that participate year in and year out, you know, whether it's uh, them walking around in H60 or walking around V22s as they've done in the past or getting to talk to different officers and midshipmen. Um, and then, you, you know, the actual game itself and the uh, the discussions that go on during that game. I mean, it, it's just another example of how, um, you, you know, how important it is to share this story and this journey with the rest of the country. I couldn't agree more, Chris. And without any further ado, let's bring you our amazing interview with Admiral Bill Moran, the chairman of the Athletic and Scholarship Programs here at the Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation and head basketball coach at the U.S. Naval Academy at Chalice. Here is that interview now. We are going to have two separate interviews, one with the chairman of the Athletic and Scholarship Programs uh, here at the Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation, Admiral Bill Moran from the great class of 1981. And we are going to talk to Coach Ed DeCellis from Navy Basketball, about to kick off the season, about to host once again the Veterans Classic. We've loved talking to Coach DeCellis through the years through Sing Second Sports, but we pretty much figured since you know, Admiral Moran had such an incredibly impressive basketball pedigree growing up near Newburgh, New York. We might as well combine the two forces, um, you know, and talk a little bit about how athletic and scholarship programs and the generosity and philanthropy of alums, you know, helps all the sports at the Naval Academy, including uh, Navy basketball. And then we'll probably just do a little bit of a preview as well, since the Temple Owls come a calling for the Veterans Classic right after the season opener for Coach Cicello. So first things first, Admiral Moran, thank you so much for joining the podcast. You've been on here before. We've talked at length about your basketball prowess that eventually translated into golf prowess. But if you can, explain a little bit more about your role now as the chairman of athletic and scholarship programs. And in very plain terms, who are you and what do you do as a program? Yeah, John, great to see you. And Coach, uh, wonderful to see you as well. And looking forward to hearing from you about the team this year. Really excited about it. Um, yeah, ANSP, the Athletic Scholarship Program, was the original foundation for the Naval Academy. It started back in the 40s and has now blossomed into this much bigger foundation. But we're still there as a uh, very important adjunct to what uh, the athletic director and NAAA do to support athletics across uh, the varsity sports, the club, the intramurals, and everything in between. So it's an important part of putting together a program that is second to none, if you will, uh, across across the nation. Naval Academy has already got more uh, varsity sports than any other school in the country at 36. And, and so the more support we can provide to Navy sports across all of those different parts – is uh, really going to help as uh, as these programs continue to grow. And uh, one of our key roles in all of this is to provide opportunity to kids who might otherwise 
get into the academy through the normal nomination process, but need a little more time to, to develop their a- academic skills. Is we we have a series of foundation schools a- across the country where we can send uh, young prospective varsity athletes and other athletes that want to get into the Naval Academy another year to mature, grow, and become academically qualified. And so when you think about the number of sports programs, the number of varsity athletes, and the, the limited opportunity coaches like uh, Coach DeCellis have to get these kids ready, the foundation schools are another alternative pathway to NAPS and 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 uh, the normal nomination process. And we're really excited about being part of that, watching these kids grow, mentoring these kids along with the coaches, and uh, and making sure they're successful when they graduate from, from prep school and, and join the academy. In the meantime, uh, raising money to uh, help with uh, coaches, coaching, uh, and, of course, equipment. Uh, you, you name the things that help uh, Chick Gladchuk and the athletic director uh, continue to bring – together a, a world-class organization. So in summary, um, we're a bunch of uh, wannabe athletes and the alumni and trustees and the uh, best way we can su- support that dream of uh, of playing varsity level sports is to help the, the midshipmen that are going through their time in at the academy. So very excited to be here. Thanks. And Admiral, you bring up some good points that I want to throw to Coach Tuchelis now. You know, Coach, you're, you're entering your 42nd season overall coaching kids um, at the collegiate level, and this is your 13th season as a head coach here in Annapolis. So it's safe to say that you get it. I mean, you got it right when you got here, but, you know, there are some coaches – you know, who have never really gotten used to the culture here and, and everything that goes into being a Naval Academy midshipman. You know, from, from your perspective as a head coach, seeing what these opportunities are for athletes to go to foundation schools or to NAPS in order to develop a little bit more academically for the rigors that your players have, you know, not a whole lot of other Patriot League competition out there is taking thermodynamics and then standing watch in the hall and then getting on a bus and playing Colgate. Um, you know, so, you know, you, you, you have a very unique coaching experience here that is in many ways dependent on some of these support programs to make sure that your athletes assimilate into life in the hall. Well, right. Well, John, yes, it's a, it's a balance here. Um, there there's, it's a, it's definitely a balance. For instance, yesterday, I can tell you that, we were in alumni hall practicing for the first time since March, right? So we finally got in there, and which was good. And the kids were excited, and they were too excited. And uh, at the same time, we had twelve week exams going on now, and so they're all they're all you know the chatter as as we're stretching and we're warming up, we're talking to kids. It's about you know they have a huge chemistry test on Wednesday morning. They got a huge thermo exam on Thursday. They uh cyber today it was was really uh challenging some guys so they were planning on after practice their you know their small group of freshmen who were taking cyber they were going to try to work together and study uh so academically we all know the rigors of the university and that's just that's it uh, that's that is what it is and it's why it's a great place um but the preparation of coming in the academy is equally important and so the foundation schools have given us uh an opportunity to to help young men that maybe wouldn't be able to come to the academy, and it's grateful to the foundation 
to offer their support. And so in the last several years, we've had two or three guys who play prominent roles in our team, such as a Pat Dorsey last year or an Evan Wick three or four years earlier who, who were all foundation kids and who uh, went to Fork Union Military Academy in both cases, or excuse me, uh, Fork Union and Hargrave Military Academy, both foundation schools. They've had great careers at those two institutions. Um, you know, brushed up on a few things academically that they needed to do and, and did, and then they came to an academy and had have great careers. Both of them are, end up uh, in the aviation community and as NFOs. And so they, they, they got, you know, that they, they were able to receive the, the little brush job they needed to do in, in the prep schools and then uh, came in the Academy and flourished and did an unbelievable job for. So, you know, that, that lifeline is really, really important for our, for our student athletes. And before I get to get it over to Chris Cervello for his questions, Admiral, you know, coach just talked about something that I know is central to, you know, your efforts as the chairman of athletic and scholarship programs, as well as, you know, Jeff Webb and the entirety of the leadership here at AANF. And that is seeing the results in the fleet and Marine forces, right? You know, we're, we're giving all of these students the skills and the support that they need, you know, financially and with, um, you know, contributions to weight rooms and nutrition facilities across the yard while they're athletes, uh, getting them that foundation education to make sure they're more prepared for calculus and thermo when they get there uh, and to be better leaders of consequence when they're in the hall um, and out in town. But now what it's really all about is seeing that result out in the fleet, right? Yeah, John, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think athletes, especially athletes who have uh, participated in team sports where you have to watch out for each other, support each other. Uh, bring you bring you through the bad times and uh, celebrate the good times or leadership skills that come naturally to uh, athletes in many regards. And they end up leading in the fleet in profound ways. So it's a very important part. The physical mission at the Naval Academy is a very important part of developing those young men and women to go out and excel in the fleet. And we see it. I know I did in my 38 years. Athletes really stepped up uh, and were willing to take uh, take on the hard problems and lead at, at every level. John, I'll jump in. Um, I, I, my question is for both uh, Emma Moran and, and for Coach Tuchelis. We've talked to um, the last couple guests that we've had on. We had Admiral Manazer um, and we've had others on, and we've talked about the continuum. Um, Admiral Moran, you mentioned the role that you play in helping folks on the front end of their career but you're also involved with Coach DeCellis, um in mentoring basketball players and, you, you know, being a, uh, a sounding board for him and his coaches. Um, and then in some regards, um, you know, Coach DeCellis, you with the Veterans Classic are, um, are not only um, highlighting and celebrating Navy basketball, but you're highlighting and celebrating the Navy and the men and women that serve in uniform. So it becomes this kind of a circle of, um, you know, of, of uh, help, of mentoring, of advertising, of recruiting. Can you guys talk about the relationship between um, the graduates, the coaches, the players, and um, how you all have, have worked together? To this day, I still stay in touch with the coaches that uh, got me through the Naval Academy. Lord knows I needed a lot of help, and the coaches were central to that. And I I see that in, you know, I've known Coach DeCellis for 
well over a decade now. And I see his interaction with the kids and it's kind of a classic case of a coach who demands a lot of his, his players demands that they become teammates uh, uh, holds them accountable for everything from academics to performance on the floor. But at the end of the day, he's there for them. And, and they, that follows through into the fleet, uh, bear witness to the, the ones I, that, that I could name that have, that I've stayed in touch with over the years. And, you know, you kind of go back to that. Well, these, these uh, coaches provide enormous leadership training in, in the development of, of really competitive teams at the division one level. So uh, I applaud Coach Tellis and the, all the other coaches I've come in contact with over the years at the Naval Academy because they get it. They understand that they're developing leaders and this is an important role that they play for, for all the young men and women who graduate from the Academy. Coach, over to you. Well, I, you know, I, I just view our relationships as um... – you know, we're all in this together. You know, this is a family thing. And and, uh, and maybe that's a, a word that's overused, family. But I, I truly believe that. We are all we're all want the same thing. We all want the same goal. We want ourselves, we want our, our programs to be successful. Uh, we want these young men and, and women, obviously, to graduate and, and go out into the fleet and Marine Corps and present us in, in the way that we know that they can present us. And you know, I the the joy of my job is is obviously getting to work with these guys every day and having fun with them on the court. But I I stay in contact with all our players. Like I, I uh, on Sundays it's my day uh, to grab a, a, a two or three guys and I call every Sunday afternoon. Just throughout my years here, I just that's my day. And I'll say to them, Hey coach, Hey coach, how you doing? I said, well, it's your lucky or unlucky day. Cause you, you got picked today on my Sunday afternoon to, to call and talk to you, uh, to see what you're doing, how you're doing. Um, because that's important to me. That that's why we do this. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember the wins and the losses so much, but I do remember all the guys. I do remember the bus rides. I remember the tough days. I remember the you know, the great days we had and, and that's, that's the part of coaching. And now when these guys are, um, you know, getting married and, and have families and, uh, now I get pictures when the babies are born, uh, Greg Summers had a baby, uh, about two weeks ago and got pictures from California, from Penn camp Pendleton, from Greg and his wife and their new son. Uh, that's, that's the fun of it. That's what brings me a smile. That's what gives me satisfaction. Um, and that becomes paramount. And that's the family that, you know, we, we've we created here within our team. It's, it, you know, we're called NTF, Navy Team Family. And we got a huge network out there. Um, but it's support from the foundation so we can gather more players into NTF and more members of our family. Um, so it's a, it is a family thing for me. Um, it's always been, I, I want to put my feet in both feet into the ground and we're all immense in this thing and trying to help our players become the best students they can become the best players they can become. And then the best officers, United States Navy and Marine Corps that they can become that that's my goal. And that's my, when I bring them here to recruit, I, I, I tell them I'm going to support you academically. 
to be the best you can be. I'm going to support you athletically to be the best you can be, but I'm also going to support you, um, you know, to be the best uh, officer that you can be, whether it's a Marine Corps or the United States Navy. We, we want you to be the best. We want you to lead, as Admiral spoke about several times. So, Coach, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Veterans Classic that's coming up. We've had you on uh, the last two years on the sports podcast to talk about it from, uh, you know, what, what it meant. But remind our listeners the significance of this event for Navy basketball, but also for the larger Division One basketball uh, family or, or uh, I guess, fraternity of folks that you bring in and, you know, give them a couple days look into what life is like here at the Naval Academy. Well, I'll go back to the beginning. I, you know, we started this thing 10 years ago and, and, um, you know, I, I just felt like we, we could, we could do, we could do something to celebrate our, our veterans. And I, I saw a void and I went to chat and said, Hey, is there any way we can start this game and to honor our veterans and we can offer some things that no other school can offer the opportunity to see the academy from the inside and experience some military aspects of the academy. And he he he, he had his full blessing. He said, go ahead. And so the first guy I called was Izzo. And I said, Tom, you, you got to help me with this thing. We got to kick this thing off right. And and we got to bring you down here for this veterans classic. And Tom's the kind of guy that jumped right on board. And and so the thing got started. Um, you know, and it's just blossom and it's it's kept going. Uh, we've had great teams here, and they've all been colleagues that that wanted to help help celebrate Veterans Day as well. It's it's bigger than just the game. The game is hopefully just bringing uh, some notoriety to to Veterans Day and and what it's all about. So th that's how the whole thing got started. I saw a void and and uh, wanted to help in some small way to honor our veterans, and and the classic has been good nationally for us. We've gotten great teams in here and. Um, great competition. You know, when you have teams like Michigan State and number one, North Carolina and Tennessee and Auburn and Alabama and Pittsburgh and Ohio State and Marquette and go on and on and on, you know, those are hard. <laughs> those are great college basketball teams to, to get on campus and, and bring, uh, you know, and bring to Alumni Hall and play. So we've been very fortunate. Um, and I'll be the first to tell you, it's, it's, you know, we're excited about the, you know, the three teams we have in this year at Temple University um, and College of Charleston, a good friend of mine, Pat Kelsey at College of Charleston and Duquesne with Keith D'Ambrose. So, you know, we've been able to secure good quality teams into this event. Uh, does it get challenging? Yeah, it's going to get challenging. I had a phone conversation yesterday with a couple of my colleagues in the Big Ten and they're talking, you know, speaking about, what the Big Ten is going to look like in terms of future scheduling. And they're going to play 22 league games, which leaves a small, only a small amount of non-conference games. So we're going to have to fight a little harder to get to get the teams we want. But we'll 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 take our swings and we'll continue to have the event as long as we can have it, as long as I'm here and uh and put on a great quality event. And CBS has been a great partner for us. So we, you know, we've got it, we've got it covered. Emma Moran, with the changes that, that Coach Achelis just sort of remarked upon, and, and you and I have talked about this a lot, you, me, and Chris, you know, out on the golf course talking about the, the changing face of 
college athletics, the the NIL, the transfer portal. This has been oft discussed. Um, but you know, from your perspective as someone who you know raises money um, amongst your many other roles for the support of Navy athletics, does the purity of the athletic and physical mission at the Naval Academy amidst this madness out there make it a little bit more worth it for you? You know, here I am, I'm a lifelong Maryland Terrapin fan, and now I you know, I have to start planning for watching them play road games at USC and UCLA and, and, you know, the roster turnover that takes place, you know, everywhere, not just at Villanova and Maryland, but everywhere across college athletics. And it really brings it back to the purity of what the Naval Academy is about, that upon the fields of friendly strife are sown the seeds of victory, that what you learn in the on the athletic field will have very tangible results when you're in the cockpit or front standing in front of a platoon of people. So does this changing landscape of college athletics sort of galvanize the, your belief in the mission? Yes. Uh, to answer your question in, in one word, uh, it does galvanize us, but I, I don't think it would have changed uh, the view that any of us have in serving in this role, whether we were in this position uh, or not. So the purity of the program at the Naval Academy and all the service academies is that the kids don't generally come here coaching, correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't come here thinking that they're going to be in the professional ranks in the NBA or you know, the PGA Tour. We have, we have a few notable exceptions, but they're very, very few and far between. These kids come here largely for the same reasons we all joined uh, the Naval Academy and the Navy and Marine Corps, uh, and that is to serve a country and to be part of something bigger than themselves. So the purity is there, always underneath, and I think alumni relate to that more than anything else. Yeah, they want to see teams that win. They they especially want to see teams that beat Army. That's all. That's historic, and it will be around forever. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, our alumni, our trustees, are very proud of the programs and the kids that are participating in these programs and they'll, they'll support them. Uh, we're, we continue to see that support day in and day out. So I'm in, I'm very encouraged, very optimistic about the continuing support and the quality of the kids and the quality of the programs that, that the Naval Academy has. And coach, I'll, uh, I'll toss it over to you for more of the, uh, for more of the season preview type of question. You know, I couldn't help, but the, a little bit floored when I saw Coach Emmett Davis earlier uh, this fall. In fact, we were coming out of Cleve summer. I don't think reform had, had officially happened. And I said, well, hey, how did, how did your recruits, how did the freshmen come through Cleve summer? How many of them were there? And he was like, 11. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, that's a lot of people. Um, and sure enough, you look at the roster and it's a very impressive group, and, you know, including one kid, Ethan Delorier, whose brother played at Duke. Um, but, you know, I, I couldn't help but look through this roster and so many of them benefited from an extra year um, at Naps. You know, one went to Blair Academy, a great, a great school in New Jersey. You know, can you kind of introduce us a little bit to this new crop of players and, and, and how, you know, they came through Plebe Summer and how they're ready to uh, possibly contribute against Campbell on November 6th and then beyond? Well, yeah, I, I... <laughs> Yeah, 11's a lot, um, you know, and that was, you know, we only have two seniors. 
Um, and so that's the COVID stuff that's still that that still we 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 still feel the effects of not COVID COVID, but all the all the rules and and the uh, you know the lack of guys we could get in. We only have two seniors part of our COVID group. Um, so we need to, we need to prep up our, our freshman class and those are direct kids along with, uh, four or five Napsters. So, um, you know, it's a large class. I think it's a really good freshman class. Uh, so far they've really contributed to what we're trying to do in practice. We've had a couple scrimmages, uh, um, uh, over the last three weeks, they've all played prominent roles in those scrimmages. They all did very well. Um, in fact, we had a scrimmage two weeks ago. The leading scorer in the team was a freshman. Uh, this past year, this past weekend, we had another scrimmage we had great success in, and and another one of the main guys was a uh, was another freshman. So you're going to see some freshmen out there this year, um, just because they are a talented group of kids. They, they got a set, they got a sense of maturity to them. Now I know being here for a few years and and I know my experience, there'll be a point in time in January and February where they get a little tired and worn out. And so uh, I keep reminding the staff all quite often that, you know, we've got to watch how long we're in practice. We've got a lot, we have, we have to, you know, be concerned how much we do because we're probably, we've got a good set of juniors, good set of sophomores, good set of freshmen. And they're all younger guys. We're only two seniors, and both have been injured and really haven't done much at all all fall. So we've been playing with the younger guys all fall. Uh, and they've done a nice job. So I like our team. They're, they're, they're a fun group to coach. Uh, they really are a fun group. They're really competitive. I'm trying to I'm trying to um, push the right buttons so they understand the physicality of the game. That's something they have to grow into. Um and and they're getting there. Are they there? No, but I don't want to be there in the end of October. I want to be there in March. So uh, you know, we'll we'll continue that growth. But um Austin Inge and Tony Atkinson are two seniors, and, and Austin and Tony both I'm hoping can go back from injuries and help us throughout the year. Don't know exactly when that'll be. Um, but they're they're starting to make their way, you know, off the bikes and and uh in practice and onto the court some some lim limited minutes but uh and yeah, we're all underclassmen so you'll you'll need a uh you'll need a, a score sheet to figure out who everybody is but, <laughs> but you'll know pretty quickly we've got a good group of you know uh second third and, and plebe so we we've got it we've got a good group of kids and and they are trying to do what we ask them to do and so i'm excited about the team uh uh you know it's going to be some growing pains um, as I told them, we, I'm trying to be patient. That's not really my nature, but I'm trying to be patient with them, but they've got to reach to where I want them. Like I'm not, I'm not dropping our standards. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not coming to any certain level. My standards are what they are and they've got to figure out how to get there. Uh, that's important for them to, to know that I, you know, the expectations are still the same. We're going to defend. We're going to rebound. We're going to take care of the ball. We're going to play harder on our opponents. And if we do those things, we'll we'll be fine. So uh, it's a work in progress, but it's it's a fun work in progress. That they actually they they've been a good group. And sometimes oh, last year we had seven seniors, John, and 
And at times, you know, uh, they, they've heard me for four years and they were like, oh, God, here he goes again. These guys, <laughs> this is the first time they've heard the story. So they're a little more they're more a little apt to uh, pay attention a little uh, somewhat closer. So, yeah, I'm excited for him. Um, you know, we got a lot of different pieces. I'm going to play I'm going to play 10, 12 guys. I'm trying to figure that out now. We're going to rotate. We're going to play more guys. We're going to wear people down, I hope. Uh, because we're, you know, we don't, we're all pretty close in abilities. So uh, that's exciting. I've never had the opportunity to do that before. So there, there's some newness to, to, to me too, as a coaching and it takes time to figure out the group. Uh, and we're in the process of trying to figure out this group. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I know I speak for Adam Moran and Chris Ravello coach when I, when I say that we're excited to watch you play this year. Yeah, the the temperatures in the 40s and 50s now outside. That must mean it's basketball weather, and and we can't wait for it. Adam Moran, Coach Nichellis, thank you so much uh, for joining the uh, the pod. We'll continue to get the word out about ANSP. If you are an ANSP trustee, you know, please be listening and and know how much your donations, your philanthropy means to the entirety of the physical mission out there at the Naval Academy. Uh, Admiral Moran, Coach Nichellis, thank you so much for being on the pod. We can't wait to have you on again. Thank you. Hey, Thanks, Coach. Great to great to speak with you, and uh, we'll see you next Friday night. I hope right, everybody. Thank you, Admiral. I appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Chellis and Admiral Moran. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Chris Ravello and I will take this baby out. This is the Swing Second Podcast. All right, Chris. We are back, and we're here to take this out. Um, great conversation with uh, Adam Moran and Coach Tichelis. I'm really excited about this uh, basketball game. Not only because I get to see my son two weekends in a row. He comes in on the train tonight. Um, but you know, it's just like they say. It, it you know, alumni hall is tough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take them take a moment here to freestyle dangerously. It is, it is a tough venue. It's tough for the mids. It's tough for the fans. You get no Wi-Fi in there. We've talked about this. Um, but it's just such an important moment in that small venue to see those teams, as you said before uh, the interview started, to look at the faces of people and realize what's going on here. Like, oh, they take 22 credits and have to wear a uniform and they do all this stuff and they go you know, into the Navy or Marine Corps afterwards, you know, as much as we assume that everyone knows about the Naval Academy, um, we can't miss that opportunity to, uh, to educate, you know, for, so from, from your standpoint, I mean, we've already got a, we've already got a loss to Campbell, um, you know, on the, uh, on the dance card. Um, what, what are your expectations of this basketball team? And, and as we come out of a very, difficult fall sports season and i know there's still some stars to win against army we are way down in the star series and you know off to a tough start for the i'm looking forward to uh, the veterans classic to see how this team comes together looking forward to some of the non-conference games to see the growth that um ed uh, references um you know a lot of young players that's kind of exciting um it can be at times to watch them grow um you know basketball is a is a feels like a long season right i mean um there's a lot of growth during the um the non-conference the early conference games are always interesting to watch and then you, you know you want to see midway through the season if the team is on a trajectory that will make them competitive uh in the tournament i mean candidly this team has not been as competitive as it should have been 
in in the tournament. And by that, I mean winning the tournament and going to the NCAAs. Um, I think it's probably a little early to start to talk about that. But I mean, you, you know, so I want to see them get on Gladslope to steal a aviation term uh, as soon as possible. And, you know, hopefully that that Gladslope la- uh, lands them uh, in the NCAA tournament, you know, this year and next. I couldn't agree more. It's always a fascinating time here uh, to start another basketball season. And I know I cannot believe that it's been uh, 10 years. I mentioned some other great things happening this weekend, particularly our Honor Our Fallen Heroes uh, event here. Um, we do it every year. Um, you know, and, and I'm just going to read a quote from Ronald Reagan. Uh, um, he addressed the nation at Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day in 1982. And looking out over the headstones, he said, the sight before us is that of a strong and good nation. We must try to honor them, not for their sakes alone, but for our own. And if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men and women, surely with our actions, we must strive to keep faith with them and a vision that led them into battle and to their ultimate sacrifice. Now I know that Veterans Day is not Memorial Day, and we use Memorial Day to um, to honor those who have been fallen, but we use uh Veterans Day here at the Naval Academy and the Alumni Association to honor the fallen, um, you know, from from our class among your ranks, Chris. And, and I know that, you know, every single class has been touched, um, you know, by a fallen classmate. Um, I'll just kind of turn it over to you and in your experience, 20 plus years in the Navy. Um, you know, you, you have seen classmates come and go. You have seen death as a part of our, our jobs. What's your perspective on, you know, the solemnity? It is funny because I, I probably conflate uh, Veterans Day and Memorial Day um, very much t- together. I, I pulled up here um, a friend. Um, he was a plebe in my company. He was from uh, Lexington Park, Maryland. So Southern Maryland went to a rival high school, Great Mills. I- I'm going to think of Nick Duran. Uh, Nick Duran died in a helicopter crash when he was a lieutenant. I'm looking at the smile on his face here on the virtual Memorial Hall page. And, uh, you know, so I'm I'm going to think of folks like Nick Duran this weekend. I don't really get caught up in the the Veterans Day, you know, the thank you for your service. And I mean, it's very important. But I mean, I, I, I think of folks like Nick and others that gave their life for the country. I, I, and so as a veteran, um, I want to aspire to be a, a a good veteran and and to serve can, you know, to continue to serve for people like Nick to make his sacrifice uh, worthwhile, his family sacrifice uh, worthwhile. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And I think the, the foundation and alumni association do such a great job this weekend and every weekend, letting us uh, remember folks like Nick and, and forcing us not to forget um, the sacrifice of the graduates that have gone before us. I could not agree more. So well said. Um, I will choose to remember as we go into the weekend, uh, Lieutenant Jonas Panic, um, just a gigantic human being. I think he was like six foot seven from the class of 1997. Um, you know, he was taking a JPME class and I was the JPME book custodian as my collateral duty as a lieutenant. And on September 10th, um, I, I was giving out books for the beginning of JPME to all the students getting their, their certification in JPME. And the very last person I, I gave books to before he left for the night was was Jonas Panic. And then the next morning, um, he might have actually been on his way to work because I think he was working the midnight shift um, in the op center, uh, stayed a little bit later, and then went hit the Pentagon. Jonas unfortunately lost his life, so I will remember him. Um, let's go out on more pleasant 
notes um, as we remember the fallen. Um, other things happening this weekend, really happy to have all of the athletic and scholarship programs trustees into town. Uh, you heard Bill Moran on the uh, on the interview. He's driving north as we speak, uh, coming up to make it in time for the ANSP social at McGarvey's from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, downtown. So that'll be fun. They're here for their trustees meeting, which will be all day tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm going to have to talk to Admiral Moran, Chris, about how they do a trustees meeting on a holiday. Um, <laughs> that there's nothing more Navy than that. Um <laughs> But something else pretty cool happening on the holiday at 2 p.m. in Lejeune Hall. Uh, Joanna Sohovich, who's class of 93 and very, very active as an ANSP uh, trustee and also for uh, the Women for Navy Athletics, WFNA. Uh, we've talked a little bit before about nutrition centers that have been going up around the yard. We, we put some stuff on social media about this uh, nutrition center that went into Glen Warner Soccer Facility. Well, in Lejeune, the Sohovich Nutrition Center dedication will take place at 2 p.m. It's just another example, ladies and gentlemen, of alumni doing great things that help the brigade. And that's really as we continue to beat the drum about who we are and what we do. We're not out here shaking the tin can and asking you for your donation. You know, we are asking for the power of philanthropy and the power of giving back uh, to continue to to live on in our grads and Joanna Sohovich is giving back to the brigade for the betterment of Navy athletics. Uh, really excited to be there for her nutrition center dedication 2 p.m. on Friday. And then on Saturday, we have UAB in here. We have Honor the Fallen Heroes. And then Chris, for me, one of my favorite things, and I'm hoping we get some names called on November 11th is the annual Rhodes Scholar announcement. Um, it's usually every year that we get a Rhodes Scholar. Um, you know, in fact, among our public affairs alumni, uh, the class of 96, I think uh, Amy Morrison was a Rhodes Scholar. Amy Morrison, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, so it'll be an exciting weekend for, for you know, not only Navy Athletics, but the Naval Academy writ large uh, as we learn who among the brigade might be in the next crop of Rhodes Scholars. So from honor our fallen heroes, Rhodes Scholarships, UAB football, Veterans Classic Basketball, ANSP trustees meeting, it is sort of going to be a busy weekend. And on top of that, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Dallas, we are also hosting the Service Academy Career Conference, SAC, in Dallas right now as well. So we are out there. We are all over the place. We are supporting and connecting with our alumni, and we couldn't be happier about doing it. Chris, I'll give you the last word before we go out. Well, John, down here in Palm Coast, Florida, um, I'm going to play in a Gratitude America golf outing on Saturday. Don't have the chance to make it up to Annapolis, but um, this is a great organization that takes care of veterans and their families, uh, eases their transition, especially veterans that have PTSD or other emotional issues. Um, they use uh, the outdoors as a way of uh, easing that transition and creating a space for um, veterans to, um, you know, get the healing and take the time for healing that, that they need and deserve. So, uh, excited to uh, be a part of that. Um, part of that golf outing is a, uh, an auction. Um, we donated, uh, four, uh, army Navy tickets, uh, to that auction. And then you were kind enough to donate, uh, for some at the, uh, Navy golf course. So, uh, you know, this is uh, just our small way of giving back to uh, to veterans. So going to be watching the Veterans Classic, as we talked about on Friday, and then uh, UAB playing a little golf, uh, and then look forward to coming back on the pod next week and sharing and talking all about it. 
it's going to be tough to work in your annual trip to get your free bloom and onion. Um, you know, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'm going to have to get on, uh, outlook and uh, see where I can shoehorn, uh, my, uh, 10% off coffee and my, uh, my blooming onion, uh, you, you know, it'll be a busy Friday. I, I don't know. You know, maybe a, home, a trip to Home Depot too. We're looking at uh, a, a new, di- new dishwasher. So, I mean, it's <laughs> wild time down here in Palm coast. I just don't know if there's time. And actually, John, now uh, before we go, you, you actually have a little bit of news for us, breaking news, you know, news alert, news alert. Uh, before we go, uh, tell the listeners about the big news on, uh, 36 companies. Friday of last week, or maybe it was Monday of this week, it's all melting together. Um, but they are going back, you know, let's bring back the good old days of 36 companies. So next year, as they come out of Cleve Summer, there will no longer be 30 companies as part of reform, there will be 36. The last time this happened was in 1996. That was the last class to graduate with 36 companies. So, you know, I like what's to go the, out what's by, the, by raising everybody's eyebrows. Yeah. What's the rationale? I'm just just curious. I remember the uh, the rationale, I think, for going from 36 to 30 what had to do with military uh, personnel at the academy, right? I mean, they, they couldn't get that many company officers. And uh, what, what, I mean, is there now suddenly a, a stockpile of lieutenants and captains that they now and chiefs that they can dole out in bankrupt hall or, or they decide that smaller uh, groups, I mean, I don't want to be funny about it, but you know, smaller groups, more leadership opportunities is, uh, is that where they're, they're going? I'm just curious. Yeah. Let me read You know, here you are, you're, you listen to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, for the gouge. So here's the gouge next year, starting in fleet summer, the brigade will return to 36 companies. This is direct from the commandant JT McDonough. Why? Shifting back to 36 companies has been a plan in various stages for over a decade. We're finally doing it now with the momentum provided by the SECDEF directed culture transformation task force, whose focus is to ensure each military service academy develops and sustains the right culture to best develop the future military leaders of our nation. The plan approved by SECNAV will decrease company sizes from 150 to 120. This smaller leadership to midshipman company ratio will provide expanded opportunity for midshipmen and leadership positions, as well as an increased company officer SEL mentorship and engagement option at a small unit level. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of, of you know, it's it's basically like, hey, when we're kid, our kids are going to school, we want smaller class sizes, right? Sure. So now you're getting that, you know, that more, um, you know, that personal intera- interaction. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I wanted that more personal, closer interaction with my second class and first class when I was a plebe too. So <laughs> I think the only people that lose out on it are the plebes. For everybody else, I guess it's a win, but... Oh, I feel bad for next year's plebes and those moving forward because, it, you know, there was some safety in numbers. So, uh, you know, good good for them. Oh, man. Um, well, there are various places we can go with that, but we are going to go out, ladies and gentlemen, for Admiral Bill Moran and Coach Ed Dutels for NAAA. Thank you so much for supporting us for the Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation. And Chris Cervello, I am John Schofield. Thank you for listening to the Sing Second Pod. We'll see you next week. We are out. 